Queen, editor of Live Healthy and host of the Live Healthy podcast. Today I'm speaking to Corey Lindsay and Manny Jomer, co-founders of Mentality. That's an organization they formed in Dubai after personal challenges and some deep conversations to help support other men just like them. Men who are struggling with all sorts of things and don't exactly always know how to talk about it or where to turn. They do their work through the twice a month mentality podcast, which you can also find on YouTube through mentality events, brotherhood DXB meetups just for men, and also through personal training, coaching, and community events. Hi there. Hi, Manny. Hi, Corey. Hi, Hi. Mary. How are you? So to get into this, I'm going to get each of you to tell your mental health stories, although we could probably do a podcast series on everyone in the world's mental health story, <laughs> <laughs> but you've gotten good at telling it by now. So Manny, why don't you start um, sure. just a little bit about yourself and uh, what led you here? Sure. I the, the word mental health is a good one, but I'd like to I'd like to call it my journey because everything that I've done has contributed to who I am today. Um, my journey has been a long, arduous, but interesting one. Um, grew up in a not so affluent area in South London, which lent, led to me doing one or two things, being very, very resilient, um, but also at the same time wanting to fight to get out of that kind of environment and, and that setting and when I did I found out that I was very good at whatever I let uh, my hand to and so I became very successful very early in corporate I, I was a professional footballer up until the age of about 22 and then got into the corporate world um, took myself out of South London and went and worked on Wall Street in New York um, first three months were horrible and you know I was working 18 hour days uh I, I I broke I broke and I wanted to quit and you know call it a day but then the penny dropped um and when the penny dropped I realized that you know I could I could make something of this um I got my first vice presidency um of a global tech company by the age of 27 we're talking 100 million dollar valuation um, company that was selling globally five different offices um, across the world um, and I was placed here in in the United Arab Emirates to set up and look after and build and you know do what we do here and that came with its successes but it also came with, came with its pressures um, and part of the pressure of that was when the success started to wane you very quickly realize that a lot of people are looking at you um, and you want to try and keep that journey going or you want to try and keep the perception of, of success going. And when that doesn't go where you want it to go, um, you start asking yourself some really interesting questions. Um, long story short, um, it spiraled and spiraled and spiraled and I found myself in a very dark place, um, which mm -hmm. cultivate, uh, cultivated to... Uh, what's the word uh, culminated in me actually um attempting to end it all mm. uh, in Dubai on the balcony of my sports city 17th floor um apartment 
Um, and when I eventually decided to come back off that balcony, um, I started thinking to myself, where can I go? What can I do? Um, and that journey began three years later. I met Corey, um, who was, you know, a young, a young man who just moved to Dubai. And in my head, I was like, I can't let another young person go through what I've been through. But then I saw Corey like a brother. So it was a case of, okay, we'll sit down and we'll talk. And Corey's very, very um, beyond his ears. And we would have really deep, meaningful conversation. And every time we'd finished those conversations, it'd be like, we should have recorded that. Someone could get some help off that. And uh, mentality was born just before COVID, I guess. Okay. Because you guys would have these. Now, Manny, did you or did you lose your job? Or what, hap- what happened? Did you lose it or did you... No, so to to be very transparent, I I stepped away from it. Um, I took six months to go and work um, on sabbatical for the UN as um, one of their heads of African disaster relief um, products. So basically bringing in things like mosquito nets, um, condoms for for, um, people, tarpaulins, tents, uh, things that IDPs could could use in their camps, basically. And then when I came back, I got an opportunity to go and play or to, again, do what I what was my passion when I was younger, to play football here. And it turned out that the agents I was working with were bogus and got me into a lot of trouble. Um, okay. And yeah. And so when I when I then decided to go back into the corporate world, everything had changed. And now yeah. you're fighting, you know, you've been out of it for nine months and you're trying to get back in and as you know, here in Dubai, reputation only goes so far. But if you've been out of the loop for a while, something new's up, and, and there's you know a new flavor of the month. It sounds and like so, you yeah. wanted more anyway, though. Like it sounds like you, you know, when you went to work for the UN, like it sounds like you wanted, you were seeking it. I, I've always known. I've always known ever since I was young that I that it was my purpose to help people. I've just never yeah. known how to, how to apply it. But I've always known. So even in corporate, even in football, um, even in my day to day, I've always known that my purpose was to help and impact people. So I remember as young as being 14, 15, saying, if I change one person's life, you know, I've done my job. And and that kind of mantra has followed me all the way through my life. Okay. And Corey, how you're a um, you run your own business and you're a trainer. Is that correct? Yeah, so perfect training is well my pilot business, right? Mm-hmm. It's in essence my bread and butter, my background is personal training. Um, I worked in commercial gyms for a while, and then shortly after I reached to Dubai, I started Perfect Training, which is a training platform which empowers people to give them the their the tools to make their own informed decision when it comes to their fitness and health. And it's funny because People look at fitness and the stuff that we're doing with mentality now and see them as very far removed, but I see them as exactly the same. Similar to what Manny said, it's to, you know, whether it's in conversations or it's under the veneer of training, it's to give people tools to better navigate their life purpose. I've always found it interesting that you know, cause I'm a lot older than you guys and have been always paying attention to the fitness world. And I've always been interested at in how divorced they have been from mental health. Like, mm. you know, it's like a real bro, like fitness culture. And 20 years ago, they did not go hand in hand. It was more like, if you got fit, 
then that, then you would just be sorting everything out. And I think a lot of people, just like people who get rich or famous or successful, you get fit and it's, you're still there inside your body mm-hmm. <laughs> better. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious about, so we, you started having these conversations and I've always said like to some you know, boyfriends and brought my brother, like, what do you guys talk about? Because you don't seem like you talk about actually, you know, I'll never forget. My friend told me a story about her husband and his friend was visiting and they stayed up all night drinking. And had a grand old time. And in the morning she was making the friend coffee and he, she said, how's it going with, you know, your uh, girlfriend? And he said, oh, great. I'm going to propose. And then her husband came in and said, what? <laughs> and she said, you've been up all night drinking and talking and you didn't talk about that. Like, how is this possible? Like, what do you guys actually talk about when you're together? And so when I heard you two say, like, you have these deep discussions do you think that this, have you found this with other friends that you can get to these levels of, of discussion or do, what do you think the problem is maybe with men that they can't? I don't, I, I, and I'm, I know Corey's going to ask me to, to take the lead on this one. I don't necessarily think that we can't, I think we can. I think we just choose not to. Um, as men, we, we struggle to be vulnerable with each other. Um, unless it's with somebody who we've built up a, a very high level of trust with. Um, and that's part of the reason why, you know, we find ourselves in these really dark places or these difficult times is because we bottle everything up for so long in an attempt to show the world that we're actually doing okay. We're, 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 we're getting through it and we don't voice it out. And so eventually when that bottle or when that cup overflows, we have no other way to kind of deal with it, but to go to the other extreme. So we can, and we do. Um, and one of the things that we find with mentality is, and even with our our um, branch or our arm brotherhood DXPs, men are looking for places and they're looking for platforms and they're looking for people and spaces where they can sit and have these um, conversations, where they can share their stories, where they can exchange anecdotes, where they can actually understand that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, We do talk about these things. It's just there aren't many spaces or environments that we can go to uh, uh, to talk about this and it's something that has been inherently bred in us from when we were young because every time we wanted to be vulnerable we're told man up or you know um you're you're a boy you know boys don't cry or you know just all these kind of things so it's been built in us but we just need to unlearn a lot of that and again after unlearning find the places where we can go to have the conversations and I know women listening will be like, no, I would listen, but I don't know that that's necessarily true in practice that women do want to hear when you're vulnerable and, and your fears. And do you feel that? Do you guys feel that with women? I think on the very periphery, um, it's, it's made to seem that way, but mm-hmm. there's not a space for that, right? I think a lot of the times the world doesn't owe you any understanding. And I think that's actually for both sexes, but in particular for men, right? We've been kind of whittled down to this laundry list of provisionings that of, or, or, or what a man should be. And anything outside of that is not really taken into consideration. So I think it only exists. That vulnerable element, right? That element to be yourself, that element to speak your truth only exists in echo chambers, right? Whether that be Brotherhood DXB in our men's circles or in our siloed conversations, but it's not it's not received well on a mass scale. Although 
they it's loads of people out there that champion that but in reality um it often isn't received very well yeah i've heard this from um i've heard this from people i've dated where it's like well i try to be myself with a, a woman right like i try to be myself it doesn't work very well mm. she doesn't really like it and I mean, you guys can probably speak to this. It feels like men are really under attack in, in the world. It feels like, you know, I wonder sometimes if the rise of people like Andrew Tate, um, you know, who's really appealed to a certain a, a guys who are like, you know, there's this queen princess culture, like you've got to do all this stuff for me. And you, you have to, you mentioned being the provider. Like, I wonder, do you, do you feel that like this sort of sense that, you see it on, so I see it on social media all the time, just so dismissive of men, like just, mm. and this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing wrong. This is what, how you can do it right. This is how, this is how, how you have to be. And I just wonder how that's, is that contributing to the way men are feeling? Do you think? I think it's been there for a long time. I think it's, you know, men have been feeling that way for a long time, but I think what's highlighted even more is ever since the dawn of feminism or new age feminism um third wave fem feminism as we like to re um refer to it is that we've been attacked and we've not had a voice for so long that now people like andrew tate or sam um sam adams you know th these people that are speaking out and, and standing up um are building arenas where we now feel like okay we can you know we can um correlate to some of the things they're saying um however for me that's still a bit too extreme right there isn't a middle ground these these people have, have stepped out and and are cultivating a, a a following of toxic masculinity which doesn't always kind of build or a, a bridge of harmony between the two sexes and that's not what we need we don't need mm -hmm. to go from one extreme to the other we need to be able to work hand in hand and walk along a harmonious path and so yes we we have been attacked and we are under attack and we still are under attack but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to just you know pick up arms and, and go in the other direction I think we need to cultivate which is what we're trying to do here right? mm -hmm. part of one of the main pillars of mentality is actually building a, um, or, and trying to bridge a gap of difference between men and women so we can live more harmoniously together yeah well I just saw um, like Jordan Peterson is someone else who's who does a lot of work in this area and is I think pretty misunderstood you know like the filmmaker Olivia Wilde just said that he, I don't, he did something for incels. Like he basically, and I thought that was so unfair because if you've heard him speak, he really just speaks to this sort of sense in men and to, to have him painted like that. Like he cried on Piers Morgan when they said that. And I, I wanted to cry for him because I'm like, what a misunderstanding here, you know? Um, okay. So this bridging of the gap, first of all, just tell me what you're doing mentality. You have um, like a podcast and a YouTube show um, brotherhood DXB. Just tell me how it all fits together. Excellent. So mentality is basically a, a platform. It's an envelope platform that covers events, um, podcasts, uh, as you mentioned, YouTube shows, we have a community, we have services that are associated to it. Um, and so there are four main pillars. The first one is media, which is YouTube, Instagram, 
Um, we do IG lives reels. We've just recently um, started TikTok and so on and so forth. So we're trying to get as much content out to the people that need it as possible. Um, and, and we are developing and growing that. Then we have our services on. So essentially anyone who needs any help needs um, to reach out, needs to sit down with a therapist, a um, you know a psychologist, a coach, a mentor, um, a PT, you know, any services at all that can speak to a man being a better version of himself, we have that under our services arm. And then our two main arms are our events and our community. So our events, we hold events every six to eight weeks. Um, and in that, and, and the events differ. So the last few events we've had have been open panel discussions where people can come, sit, we have a panel, um, but the audience can contribute to conversation. And we talk about everything from, I think our first one was Men Don't Cry. And the most recent one was talking about, um, was titled He's Not Your Friend. So talking about whether or not men and women can be friends under, or, mm. you know, under the guise of friendship, can can they really be platonic friends or not? Um, and oh, these sound know, so interesting. <laughs> I want to come. <laughs> You should come. You should come. The tremendous occasions we've got. We're planning. We're in the middle of planning the next one in uh, November, mid um, November. November thirteenth. Sorry, go on, go on. November thirteenth. No, November thirteenth. That's the one. That'll take a slightly different approach, but it will still speak to lo- loads of people, and um, tentatively looking at the healing of of self, the healing of of people, um, and how they go about that, uh, and then. The final arm is community. So community, we have Brotherhood DXB, um, which is, in essence, a gathering of just men. So a, pl- a place, mm. an environment physically where just men can come together and check in with each other and speak to each other. And we usually for- follow a-, a pious mentality. So physical, emotional, intellectual, um, spiritual and sexual um, and kind of discuss how we're feeling. And then we'll take different topics and discuss there also. So that's it. I, do you ever get any flack, um, you know, from feminists who say that you don't, you know, it's like a safe space for men, but you don't need a safe space because you already have a safe space because you're men. Do you get some of this or no? Am I just riling up? Uh, not really. Yeah, we, we don't. And I think, and that's just off the back of what Manny was saying, there's there's a somewhat of a distinction between mentality and the community arms brother with DXP, because mentality is a space for us to discuss topics that pertain to men, but by extension, we're also speaking to women. Because yeah. I always like to say men and women have the most deep and intimate relations, you know, whether it was with your mother, your sister, your significant other. So it's speaking, we're still discussing topics around the topic of men, but we have a lot of women in attendance for a lot of our events. Now, Brotherhood DXB is slightly different because it's it's a platform that's exclusive for men and it's our community arms and that's where we meet up physically on a bi-weekly basis to discuss topics. So one's topics that pertain to men and the other one is men speaking about particular topics. So it does take a slight different tint to... um, the the adulting uh, company, which is mentality. What kinds of things are you hearing from the men that you um, have drawn into your environment? Like what are some of the, you know, what are some of the things they're struggling with? Financial, they're struggling financially and they're struggling in relationships. These, I've seen a correlating theme in these two areas. Um, So whether it be, again, it goes back to the laundry list, right? Because a lot of men ascribe to that being a provider. I think it sits in the top three 
typically across the board. And if you're going through financial troubles, and I know a lot of men have been, especially post-COVID, that can lead to you um, going down a negative spiral, whether that be with mental health, um, uh, conditions such as depression and uh, chronic stress and things of that nature and then also relationships like how do you navigate those relationships because even when you think about um, feminist ideation or, or, or quote-unquote the modern woman right to some degree when in some traditional values of a man i.e. a leader but then not being able to contain what comes as a byproduct of his leadership, maybe him being more dominant, more being more assertive. So it kind of creates a massive disparity there. And does it allow men to truly and authentically be themselves? Because they're always second guessing their, their actions and the sentiment mm. which precedes those actions isn't always received well or even understood. Really yeah. interesting. Manny? To, to, to expand on what Corey's saying, I think that there is the concept of identity crisis as well. And the fact that a lot of men place their identities in, in more tangible things, right? So whether it be wealth, um, possession, um, the trophy woman, um, whatever the case may be. And so when these things are no longer available to them or they don't have access, then that, that crisis of, okay, not knowing who they really are deep down causes them to kind of, you know, start looking and searching for other things. And so I think that, that, encompasses what Corey was saying in terms of um, finances and, and, and relationships, but yeah, actually understanding who they are at their core. Well, this kind of seems to me, when you look at society, you see a bunch of people living here, an aware life of what's important and what's meaningful and what engagement means, and then trying to learn. And then there's a lot of people living over here that just have no, no idea. They think that money is the most important thing. And they think that the trophy wife is the most important thing. And that space between those is far, right? It's like, it sounds like you're sort of helping bridge the gap for people who bought into the, everything's external. And then that, whatever you want to call it, awakening, rebirth, whatever, like, it seems like you're kind of navigating that too. We, yeah. we are. I, mean, I guess we're sorry, Corey. Um, I guess we're, we're we're creating a platform where everyone's welcome, yeah. where you know um, anyone can come together. And so, in essence, by just pure um, platform, by purely creating that environment, people can learn from each other. And so, if if that is bridging the gap, then yes, you know, those that are very materialistic are seeing that the awakening that the others are going through and thinking, okay, I want some of that. And that, that will help kind of give me the equilibrium I need and, and vice versa. Mm. Yeah. Cause I think it, it makes sense for us just as humans in general, in particular men um, to gravitate towards what is tangible, right? Because it gives, um, it gives understanding, right? If you know, you've had, you've all, I'm sure you both had the term high value man, right? And a lot of times it's predicated by how much, money someone earns right so if i say a million dollars to you there's no misunderstanding there it's binary we know what a million dollars is right across the board but when you talk about things that are immaterial like you know the internal integrity your moral compass things of that nature so how do you judge those things they're very subjective so i understand where people gravitate towards those sorts of things and it sh it, it shouldn't be dismissed as a measuring stick but the problem is it shouldn't be the only measuring stick and the other things should also be taken into consideration. So, and I think if you want to be 
well-rounded, or as Adil, one of our um, team members like to say, grounded in your masculinity, you need to champion both sides and being able to mm-hmm. heal and trot on both sides of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as a woman who has many men in my life who I have, who are struggling, you know, like they're struggling. I see you mentioned things coming out other ways, whether it's anger, maybe, you know, I don't know how to talk to my brother and my friend and the guy I'm dating who I can see that they're struggling. I can, I always say joke to my brother that I have to get him. Like, he's like shutting a window and I'm like yelling, like (laughs) until he shuts it. Do you know what I mean? It's sometimes I get him and his windows wide open and we can talk for a long time, but if he's in, you know, he struggles and I don't know how to, how do you help? How do you talk to a man? How do you talk to a man to bring, to help him express himself and to help this along? Like, are, can we do that? Do you have any advice for us? You know, what's, you know, what's really interesting. There's something that comes to mind for me. And I don't know if you guys have seen this viral video. I think it's um, Prince Donald's um, wife talking about how, she doesn't actually correct her husband. She suggests to him and allows him to autocorrect. And I think that's a really great way of going about it. Um, it doesn't need to be in its entirety, but I think a lot of times, because sometimes when, when, when women are communicate with men, a lot is bottled up, right? So it comes out in these, these stints and these bursts of, of anger and it's not well received. So I think sometimes when you mix small suggestions you know what I would do it this way I would do it that way have you thought about this and then allow him allowing him to autocorrect it kind of is received in a lot better way and ultimately allows you to get the same result right because you know men tend to be a lot more um I don't know blunt straight to the point black and white with their approach but women can get the same results with their I don't know if you will feminine charm seductive nature if you can somewhat seduce him into making that same decision and avoid all of the kind of um, all of the abrasiveness in the confines of a of a of a heated argument, um, I would say that's where women's superpowers kind of lie with regards to that, allowing that the prerequisite space has been created already. Because I think first of all, you need to look at the foundations of the relationship, and has that been a correlating theme leading up to that point? as opposed to there being no foundation having been set. And then it comes out again, like I said, in this in this aggressive rant that is almost speaking at him and isn't always received in the best light. I think on the on the flip side of that, I, I would go, I would go the other way, right? And I speak to many women. In fact, I I, I like like yourself, uh, Anne Marie, I actually grew up mostly having a lot of females in my life. And I find that the one thing that women are really good at doing is talking not always listening um and so that that's what i would say is um rather than learning to talk to him learn to listen to him um learn to listen to him beyond just the words that are coming out of his mouth because as men we are as Corey uh, alluded to earlier we're so solution orientated that sometimes we'll say something just because it sounds good coming out it doesn't mm. necessarily always reflect everything that we're feeling inside um we we build these walls to make you know everything look rosy and to hold back what's actually behind so listen to him listen really listen to him and in talking ask him the questions that you need to ask to for him to really kind of go deep within um and when you do that you'll realize that he'll be more willing to open up to you when he realizes that his vulnerability is not kind of 
put to one side um and that you're actually willing to kind of get on level ground with him so yeah listening is is, is the tool that i would say needs to be um championed i've also be learned okay sorry no i'll just add into manny's but be okay with his response yeah. right especially in the initial stages right it may still cut deep right especially if you think about the confines of relationships you might often be having conversations that pertains to the woman right and it might be discussing some of her flaws can she contain that can she be a safe space for that can she hold that degree of conversation without leaning on her emotion and becoming irrational right so this is also a, a, a massive caveat, which which kind of allows for more amicable discord between men and women, I believe. What do you think about, I, I feel like every article I see now always suggests therapy, therapy, therapy. And you mentioned financial difficulties. Therapy is priced out for most people. It really is. Like, it's really not an option, even for people, even for a lot of people who make a good living, basically. I just wondered what you thought about that, like, do you feel that you need therapy to get work through your stuff? Do you think that you can work through it in a group like yours with some books and, you know, apps and programs? Like, what do you, what do you think about that? We, we're actually advocates of therapy. Um, we yeah. believe that people should seek um, for environments where they can sit down and talk. And, and this is why uh, things like men's circles with brotherhood DXP are, so good because they are therapeutic therapy doesn't necessarily mean you know go and spend thousand um dirhams sit down with someone and kind of go through you can do that you can have the therapy therapies is the ability to be able to converse and to dig deep within and try and understand where your journey has started and where you want to go and try and navigate your way through and so yeah we are advocates of therapy in in the original sense of what therapy is but if you don't have the money to do these things that's why we have spaces like brotherhood dxp um for people to come in and kind of get that therapy that they need and have open discussion have people who will listen and you know be able to talk Corey, what do you think yeah therapy in i've had no actual experience going to therapy and things of that nature. But I think a lot of times when I think of therapy or the, or the word comes to mind, I think about someone speaking and someone holding space for that person to speak and not be judged. I think that's the most important thing. So in essence, what we do with our men's circles is somewhat similar, right? Because we're speaking in a space that where no judgment exists. And also we're not trying to, we've kind of put down our solution orientation and just listen. Because again, as men, we are very solution-oriented. Me, me in particular, right? When, when things arise, my first bias is to go to, what? Well, how am I going to fix this? And this serves us in many regards, right? But sometimes you need to be able to just, just contain whatever it is you're going through. And just someone just needs to lend an ear to you. And in doing so, like we've had men cry at our circles, right? Multiple times. We've had men talking about how he wanted to turn his car and shake side road and start driving mm -hmm. in traffic and I'm talking these are like accomplished men at least looking from the outside in right so yeah just just being able to speak um is it is very therapeutic in my eyes okay so I know that if I say to my friend I met these awesome guys and they have these men's circles he's gonna say oh my god Emery you and your ridiculous ideas I'm never gonna go there <laughs> that sounds awful so if what can a man expect if he's 
listening to this and thinks, mm, what's what actually goes down? Like how, you know, you guys are really cool guys. Like you look like people like most guys would want to hang out with. So I can say that right off the bat. But like <laughs> what, when you walk in, what happens? Like <laughs> it's, it's exactly <laughs> walk that. Them through it's, it. a, it's a room full of people like us. It's yeah. a room full of ordinary people like us, cool people, people we'd like to hang around with, but people who've never had an opportunity or the space to be able to talk about what they're feeling. And it's not, it's not, you know, we don't sit down and hold hands and sing Kumbaya, but you know, it's it's a safe environment. We sit around in a circle, cool people, and everyone has allocated time to really delve deep within. Um, and that allocate time could be anything from five minutes to 10 minutes, right? And in that moment, nobody else speaks. We have hand gestures if we um, are feeling something or if we kind of, if what you're saying resonates with us, um, but no one speaks, it's your moment. It's it's all about you. Um, and people, it, it's quite uh, like, you know, it's, it's so interesting that people will come and say, I don't want to speak. And then before you know it, they're going into like the deep, dark recesses of their mind and they're talking about the things that they're feeling deep down and that they've gone through. And it's beautiful. It's honestly, it's beautiful. Like Corey said, people come not wanting to speak, end up crying, uh, you know, and, and sharing their stories and then leaving and telling us as they're leaving that we feel so much better because we feel like we've unearthed the burden. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a room full of people like us. Yeah. And given men... Or, or men seeing other men speaks, give them permission to do the same. And I think that's something that is very rare because again, all of this, all of our vulnerabilities exist in echo chambers and a lot of times in our solo suit, right? Whether that be, you know, I don't know, for example, um, in, in the shower or, you know, in somewhere, in your car, driving somewhere, and it really starts to fester and come to you. But a big part of what we do is is kind of normalizing these things. Like I said, we're just we're just cool we're just cool dudes, right? So it, it, we want it we want it to kind of speak to those sorts of guys because you think about like your Jordan Petersons and, and, and men of that nature. You have to be of a certain proclivity and of a certain I don't know. Um, you have to be somewhat well researched to kind of lean towards that. It's not as appealing to the mass as well as I feel like us, we speak to more people, but give them the same sort of benefit. And one of our big uh, mantras is to kind of give the men the medicine in the candy jar. So it doesn't have to seem like it's therapy, but you can get some therapeutic benefits from coming to our men's circles, which really is just a bunch of men meeting up and having conversations. Yeah, which just doesn't happen naturally. Even even when you're out playing soccer and you go for beers after soccer, or even when you have your you're on the golf course, they're not always happening there, right? Why why is that? They are. I play golf weekly. And I'm, okay. So I also play soccer or football, as I like to call it. Okay. They are happening, um, but then you you got to understand that in certain environments, if you take the the soccer team or the soccer um, um, uh, match or, or, you know, game, if you want to call it that, these are a group of really masculine men being really masculine. And so to show your vulnerability in that kind of environment, yeah, okay, maybe one person might listen, but it doesn't often happen because there is a fear that if I, I show weakness by showing my vulnerability. On the golf course, it's different because oftentimes there's only two of you or maybe max four of you, right? So there are really deep conversations that can be had. I mean, weekly, I find weekly that I have really deep conversations on the golf uh, on the golf course with, with my friends that I play golf with. Um, 
but like 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 Corey said, it's the environment. When one person speaks about their vulnerability, it gives permission to others to do so. And so, oftentimes, even in, you know, in the soccer clubs, when one person actually does show vulnerability or does show that they're going through something, you realize the whole team come around that person. Yeah. And as men, we've got this natural dispensation when we see one of our own to really kind of protect them. We kind of get around them, um, even when sometimes we we laugh and joke and kind of make you know make light of it it's really in a way to kind of lighten the environment so that we protect them um and so yeah they do happen these conversations do happen but we need more dedicated environments um mm-hmm. where the conversations can happen i guess it's not yeah. that different than women you know i'm, I'm sorry Corey. W- women have it's not like we're having deep conversations everywhere either like there's certain spaces for it you know you can't be the kind of person who's no one wishes they started talking to at a party because you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a time I, think, I think as women, you're more willing to share, mm. um, and and some of the stigmas that um, go with being vulnerable don't exist with women as they do with men. Um, yeah, a man can be called all sorts of names, um, either by his peers or by the opposite sex, just because he's vulnerable. Whereas a woman being vulnerable is oh no it's okay you know it's yeah. gonna get better and uh, you know you're 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 wrapped up in cotton wool and you know and so on and so forth we, we don't get the same treatment unfortunately yeah and we've had women's circles for years and years and years and years and no one would say a word if we want to go right. and and do that but if someone says men's circles certain kind of people are gonna be like oh right like there it is again right. like this that's again like you don't get to get together and talk about your feelings even now I mean, you do, you're doing it. I'm really happy. For, we're, I'm we're really champ- happy. This is what comes after it, right? I think for a lot of women, there's, there's, there's nothing. It's like you can share and just share and that's it. It's like it gets to a point with men, right? You share, you share, you share. It's like, okay, what are we going to do about this now? Mm-hmm. Like, are, I don't want to hear about this next week, right? What have you done to rectify this situation? And I think that adds an, an additional pressure, which I think like, you know, um, Manny and myself, we're okay with that because, you know, we, we lean and take that slot, but it's not necessarily received well on a mass level because, again, some people just want to have that conversation. It may take multiple conversations for them to get to a point of a rationale and say, okay, this is how I'm going to better navigate my way through. And it's mm-hmm. in those conversations that helps them to build the roadmap. But if it's like, okay, you're complaining about this thing and it's like, okay, what are you going to do about it? It, it can kind of lead to uh, a regression in the progress they're making along that journey of being able to better navigate themselves through a situation. So I think, mm-hmm. yeah, for women, it's just an open space for them to just vet. And it's for men, it's like, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, you know what's interesting, Mary, is, um, is even in the spaces that Corey and I, or the mentality team, because there's more than just Corey and I, right? But even in the spaces that the mentality team is trying to, trying to build, we generally tend to find that we get women trying to contribute more to, in terms of wanting to come and speak and and put their right. opinions forward more than some of the men, um, and and it's almost like they, you know, sometimes we find ourselves drowning under the voice of women. Oh um, gosh, yeah, a- allowing the men to be able to express themselves. I can see it. I can see it. I always feel that um, men are under such pressure all the time. Like, you know, I've been at a, say it's a family barbecue and the barbecue is not working. And like the guys, the husband's got to go out there and fix that barbecue or what? 
he's going to have ruined the day. Like it's all in his shoulders. And I've been in that situation more than once where I've thought, oh my God, like I can't imagine right now if I had to fix this situation just because I'm the guy here. And that must permeate everything, right? Like this is like everything keeps running. You've got to come in and fix it. You've got to know how to fix it. You've got to know how to do it. Like what's that pressure like? Do you do you feel it? I love it. I personally like performance that comes from being a being a man. I think it's amazing. And I actually think our form creates our function largely. And I think as men, our form definitely predicates our function, right? We we are the, the ones that sow into society, we are the ones that create. And it's and when I say this, it's not devoid of women completely, but just in, in the context of what it is you ask me. I love that pressure that comes with being a male being a man and mm-hmm. yeah I def- it's definitely something I ascribe to but I think a lot of the pain that men associate with that is them ascribing to that by default and not by choice them feeling like this mantle has been placed on them when they're not necessarily ready right you think about when when does when do you go from being a boy to a man right so technically 18 but you know I'm 27 now and I can tell you that when I was 18 I for sure wasn't a man I was a legally a man but there's a lot you need to grow into manhood and as Manny said I'm, I'm, I'm probably further ahead in my in terms of my years and my experience in life and for me to even say that imagine how the average 80 year old guys has all this 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 burden of performance placed on him and you know like like we know um the pressure you've build um creates diamonds or burst pipes so you're going to go one you're going to go one or two ways so i think it just depends on your proclivity and um, how much work you put in but i understand that a lot of men do struggle with that and some people kind of shy away from that um those those typical um traits or what those typical prerequisites or requirements mm-hmm. of being a man mm-hmm. like, like like corey i also champion it i think i i enjoy you know, being able to to fix things. I enjoy being able to be the the person that people depend on. Um, but that's always been my, my way of being. Um, what I would say though, uh, and what I would like to see more of is as opposed to the expectation, um, I would like to see the, the, the praise of men a little bit more um, because if it wasn't for, us in a lot of circumstances things wouldn't get fixed so i'd like to hear women kind of uplift men a little bit more and and, and, you know kind of not place us on a pedestal no one's asking that but kind of champion the fact that you know we are fixing these things and we are solution um providers in, in a lot of situations as opposed to having the expectation of okay in your example go and fix the barbecue but once that's done where's the where's the praise where's the okay well you you did this you know as opposed to just fix the barbecue everyone eats and we go about our business so i would like to see more of that and i think if if there was more of that more men being uplifted more men being kind of told that they can do things um will have a different scenario in, in the world today as opposed to okay well go do it if you can't do it then you're a terrible mm-hmm. guy well there is a terrible double standard isn't there like women speak to men in a way that men would never be allowed to speak to women in public. Like in my social circles, I have friends who speak to their husbands in ways that it would be almost, I sometimes think considered abusive if the man were to speak to a woman like that. And men are always the ones accused of cheating, but I don't know who they're supposed to be cheating with because it's usually women. Right. <laughs> Just many women cheat. It's mm. this like, and, and it's, it's these situations that just go on and on where we 
get to get both sides or something. I don't know. I don't understand it, but I, I think it must be a little bit difficult for you guys. It, it, it can get so we, we actually did on, on that example, we actually did an IG live. Um, was it last week or the week before? Called that was last week, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Talking about that same thing. Um, yeah. But to your, to your point, uh, it, it there are there are a lot of pressures for men to be this a Disney character, you know, um, Gaston, Prince Charming type um, person. Well, the truth is, we we are not given the tools or the environments to be that. Oftentimes, you know, you, women taking the cheating example, they say men cheat, but we cheat because we're given the opportunity. Uh, I'm I'm going into a very Conscious um, <laughs> place here, but yeah, th- these are the things that happen. And women cheat; they just cheat a lot better than men do. Women a lot of kids, a lot of kids don't have the fathers they think they do. That's that's a very big reality. <laughs> very true. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you mentioned earlier that you had a session about can men and women be friends, and I'm so delighted because I've literally been talking about this for 30 years. Is it possible? I don't know. I still don't know. What do you? What did you? Did you conclude anything? It was very polarizing. Um, and the whole point is actually not to come to any sort of conclusion. It's just right. to provoke thought within, within you, right? Because again, none of us are um, uh, professors, if you will. And it, again, with something that's so uh, so subjective, it's, 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 it changes person to person. Um, and it's funny because we had a very eclectic uh, panel and viewpoint on the panel. So I know Manny um, agrees with, you know, the idea of men and women being friends, and so do I, but I just believe that a lot of men are friends of women um, or, or act under the guise of friendship with women, but really they want something more. Um, and that was my general kind of idea. Some men ascribed it, some men didn't, you know, um, some of the women did, some of the women didn't. Um, we actually even had a really funny instance where a lady was protesting <laughs> the fact that she had this friend and it's her friend. Best friend, yeah. Is that texting? Text him and ask him, you know, do you want to do you want to mess around tonight? Like, and it, it's really it was a really funny and interesting conversation, but it's a big part of what we do. Have the conversation that ain't being had. Yeah, I think you got to get a few things out of the way first, and then you can be friends. That's my that's my experience. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little older like than wiser. Pardon? A few, a few things like what? I'm curious. Oh, just you know the attraction and all that. You got to work that stuff out. However, you can work it out. That's that's my that's. You know, I, I've got lots of friends and I have guy friends now. It's mm. possible. Other, maybe other people's husbands you can be friends with. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no, You're I right, think, though. I think that, I think that was m- most of the consensus is about being um, being intentional about your communication of where you're at and um, yeah. what, what your expectations are. And once you can do that, not just at the beginning, but continuously checking back in and ensuring mm-hmm. that everyone is aligned. Um, mm-hmm. Because naturally, you know, attractions do arise and I, I always find it funny because women get attracted by people's personalities a lot more than they do physically right and so naturally when women say oh yeah yeah we can we can be friends all right cool you can be friends in the beginning because you're not attracted but once you start getting to know that this is a good guy yeah. what happens then you know yep. what I mean and it's, oftentimes it's once that guy then and I didn't we didn't get to this point in in the conversation when we did our event but once you get to that point where you realize okay this is a good guy and then he finds someone else 
now the women want to get interested and now it becomes a battle right <laughs> so it's, 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 yeah. it's so crazy but yeah that's my my boyfriend in my 20s for five years I went out with because he was my friend before and then he went out with another girl and guess what yeah. I I was like what <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right um okay yeah. so we're gonna wrap it up but i think you guys are doing really good stuff i'm really impressed and so basically listen to the podcast or watch it on youtube or join one of the brotherhood dxb events or one of the mentality events you guys have a website where you pull it all together we at the moment we're working on a website um but the easiest place to follow us are the places where people live most of their lives right so socials so yeah on um social media on instagram it's the mentality pod um correct me if i'm wrong here Corey. (laughs) men underscore talent yeah yeah um on in on youtube it's the mentality um underscore pod um and then brotherhood dxb on instagram um there's always communication on there there's always conversation on there um everything that we do from events to kind of meetups etc will be all on there um and yeah we're we're looking to do lots more exciting and social things so people should keep uh uh, keep coming back and checking okay well thanks so much for talking to me and us today i appreciate it pleasure yeah it's been a pleasure That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.